Hello, is this thing going? Hello, y'all. So today I'll be interviewing Zane and Larry. What's up? Yeah, what's going on? Okay, so in today's interview, we're going to be talking about male and their sensitivity and how they feel towards certain things and how they just basically be men. Like, how is it that men aren't vulnerable? So the first question I want to ask both of y'all Big spoon a little spoon because he was already talking about it. So, you know, I I enjoy being little spoon. I do, and I am unashamed to say it. I like being little spoon, but you know, if it's it's if it's for the women, of course I'll be the big spoon because you know it's not all about me. All right, so uh, for me, it I w- I would definitely have to say big spoon. It's just. I'm a I'm a bigger person, and I'm, I think it's just because I'm already used to it. So, I I don't. It's just got to be big spoon for me. <laughs> like I said, I'm just a bigger person. So would y'all say? So would y'all say that it's hard to express to y'all women how y'all feel? Like, how do y'all talk about y'all feelings with y'all girlfriends? How 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 long do y'all have to be dating before y'all get to that part? In a relationship. Well, I just want to preface: I am single and have been single for a long time. Um, but you know, I am pretty open about that sort of stuff. So I will tell her how I feel. You know, from like the first date. You know, I'll tell her, "Hey, I like you." You know, this is what the deal is because I feel like being upfront is super um, valued in, re- in a relationship. You know, transparency. So I would really want to. Um, voice those opinions and those feelings so that nothing is left, you know, unsaid or any assumptions being made about anything. So for me, um, I've been with my girlfriend for quite a while and I would say eight, I don't know, a year, maybe less before I actually started like talking about how I'm feeling. But at the same time, it's, it's more so one of those like, even though I talk about how I feel, I don't know how to express how I feel. And mm. it's, I've never, cause it's because like, I never seen it growing up, I guess. Uh, so me not really seeing it growing up, I never know how to talk about how I'm feeling, why I do things, or it's just always, <laughs> it's just always, I don't know. I'm trying to express myself, but I don't know. Mm. And that's, that's one of the things that piss her off, really. <laughs> she like, what do you mean you don't know? I, I really don't know. So, I don't know. I say as early as possible to try to definitely like express yourself. But that's just my personal preference. So, do you feel like being vulnerable for men is a problem? Like, do you feel like it should be more of an open space? that lets men be more comfortable with sharing how they feel or is it still going to be like an internal battle within to express yourselves? Hmm. Well, I think that, you know, if you find the right person, you can be transparent with them, you know, and still, you know, have that open line of communication, but you know, it's still it's hard for men to process their emotions let alone process them in common with somebody else and bringing those emotions out and try and workshop on those together. Because most of, I I don't want to say most men, but I feel like a greater portion of them work through their stuff in silence as opposed to bringing it out and letting other people help analyze it and work others through it, help them work through it. But... Yeah, I think that's just something that men have to deal with and have dealt with for a long time. Mm. So uh, I'm gonna always say that it's always gonna be an internal battle, no doubt. And the reason is is because it's always you versus what society says, and because society says as a male, you gotta be big and bad, you gotta be tough, mm-hmm. you gotta be emotionless or whatever. You can't show no emotion. It's yeah. always gonna be an internal battle because. No matter what anybody say, I think that in the back of our minds, we always we always worry about how somebody else will think about us with the things that we do. So 
it, that internal battle always gonna be the. It's never. It's never just gonna go away. Yeah, and which it's I, not gonna be easy at all. Which I think is also why we are super specific with who we share that stuff with. Because that, you know, sometimes we don't even want to share it with ourselves, let alone share it with somebody else. On me. So before y'all got so like closed off from y'all emotions, like before you close off from your emotions, do you consider yourself? Well, your old self, were you sensitive as a person or how did you deal with your emotions as a kid? Hmm. I mean, I I went through a decent amount of bullying growing up Mm. and I kind of confided with my parents about that because I guess I didn't really have any friends to confide with. And, you know, they just told me the typical parent stuff, you know, it'll be all right. You know, you just got to work through it. You'll find your people in college, which... I have, thankfully, thank God. But, you know, as a kid, I still, you know, I kind of struggled on how to work through that. And my parents were super awesome and super progressive in the way that I dealt with things. Like coming from a pretty rural area, any thought of, you know, um, being accepting towards, you know, like people of color, people of different sexualities, people of different gender orientations. It was a pretty outlandish thought. And I... Uh, my parents introduced those to me at a pretty early age and I held those, you know, I still hold those values pretty close to me. So partially why, you know, I was bullied a lot is because, uh, like I would, you know, ask whenever somebody would make the comment like, oh, that's gay, you know, this and that about being gay. I'm like, what's so bad about being gay? Like I haven't, I have a gay cousin, like Mm -hmm. what's so wrong? He's like one of the best people that I know. And he's like, what's some, and they're like, are you gay? What's, you know, what's up with that? I'm like, what if I was gay? Would you still be my friend? Is there something wrong with me? And then that kind of just snowballed and kind of had, you know, thoughts of like what is right and what is wrong. Cause I had always, you know, been in that environment and not really able to kind of go away from that. So being accepted was huge for you. Well, not necessarily accepted because I know that I know that I would be accepted for who I am because I wasn't going to change, mm. you know, even if, you know, I'm a cis white straight male, you know, I'm still going to be accepted. You know, it didn't matter who or by who just, you know, as long as I was accepted and my parents were super accepting and I found, you know, that refuge in my siblings as well. Larry. So, uh, so for me, when it comes to like confiding in somebody, um, I would I would say the only person that I can truly like say that I have went to for certain things is gonna be my auntie. Mm. So mm-hmm. me me growing up, I've always had a close relationship with my auntie and everything like that. Uh, just because she was one of the people that that's been around and seen how I grew up and everything like that. So a bunch of the stuff that I would be going through, she would already know. So it'll be me just being able to like talk to her easier and stuff like that. But outside of her, it wouldn't be nobody else, honestly. So with that being said, who was your person? Like Zane, I'm gonna ask you this question. Who was your person growing up? Man, my person, I would probably either have to say uh, my mom or my my mother's mom, my grandma. Because, mm. you know, even though she kind of grew up in a different time, uh, I felt like she had some really sound advice for what I was going through. And, you know, my mom, of course, being my mom, you're always going to confide in her. But I felt that she, you know, I said it before, but she kind of said some of the same, you know, oh, it's all right, you know, pat on the head. But she also, you know, took a realist approach in, you know, helping me work through that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, allowed me to form a more, you know, intimate relationship with myself and my feelings and being vocal about that and, you know, just letting me know that it's okay to feel things, you know, and not have to push it down and be a grumpy man and regret not, (laughs) you know, expressing myself. So what I noticed both of you saying is y'all had close relationships with the women in y'all lives. But with the male figures, I didn't hear anything about <laughs> the men 
And so with that being said, if y'all are comfortable talking about that, how is it for you being a cis white male and you being a cis black male? Like how did growing up in those two shape y'all like not having that <laughs> that that strong bond with the male figures of y'all lives i mean i always have had a super strong bond with my parent uh, with my dad but it wasn't like in the way you know it's not like a super huggy you know i love you dad and you know stuff like that i mean of course mm-hmm. i do love him and stuff but he was just i don't want to say away a lot but he worked so much so mm-hmm. so much and you know i i looking back on it he worked you know infinitely but he still made time to you know coach me and some sports and stuff and he did make time to come you know to the important events which you know I truly value now looking back on it um but like he still he has the older he's gotten and the older that I've gotten he's made a longer and more you know some better attempts at you know expressing his feelings and doing stuff like that, which I think, of course, comes with age and developing through that. And But even as I was a kid, he was still open uh, um, with me about that kind of stuff, like saying about, you know, working through your feelings, like it's okay to feel this and that and this way and the other. Um, but he didn't say it a lot as much as my parent, as much as my mother did, but when he did say stuff like that and we did have those conversations it really you know resonated with me because we didn't really have those same you know conversations that um my mother and I did yeah I feel that completely Larry (laughs) uh so just even like thinking on the question and everything like that uh I can definitely say that the males in my family we for the most part, don't show our emotions. So mm. as I was growing up, I quickly caught on to that. So for the most part, <clears throat> what I what I started to notice as I got older and everything is, like, with my daddy, I love him, but he he drowns his emotions in his liquor. Ooh. No doubt. Mm. So that's that's what I've always seen. And every time, like, he would, he would definitely be drinking, and then we'll just be chilling outside or whatever and then get to talking about situations that he had been through with my mama and everything like that because they're not together at all. So it's just a bunch of how stuff could have been different and all this and that. So me just growing up, seeing seeing something like that, it's always been, okay, so if I do want to express myself, apparently I got to go to a bottle or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... I, I will definitely say this, that that is the reason I would I stuck away. Like, I did not touch liquor at mm-hmm. all. Up, like, that was that was my whole reason of not never wanting to drink. That like, of, of course, yeah, of course, like, the taste, would, when I was younger, it was the taste. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was scared of being turned into that. Ooh. So, <laughs> but now, I mean, don't get me wrong, now. I drink, but at the same time, I'm able to control myself and everything because I'm still afraid of getting turned into something like that, and I can't let that happen. So I just never really seen any expression of emotion from the males in my family, but every now and then, my daddy would always tell us, his kids, like, he loves us. And every time he told us that, it wasn't often, but it would definitely mean something because it wasn't. He didn't tell us that often. Mm-hmm. So, does I love you have a effect on you when somebody tells you that? Like, when somebody be like, I love you. Yeah. Do you be like, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what yeah. made you say that? <laughs> yeah. Like, when somebody just tell you I love you, does hearing that have, like, this touch, like, this sentimental value to you? Like, if it's a random person or if it's, like, a new friend, like, when somebody say I love you and you going through it, like sometimes men be going through it in private and we wouldn't know. But when mm-hmm. y'all having those days and you having one of those rough days and somebody just be like, I love you. Does that give you like a sentimental motivation or how does that go for you? Well, I mean, for me, that anytime anybody says that, that's like, cause I'm a pretty personable person. Like I enjoy fostering those interpersonal 
you know, relationships. Mm -hmm. And when it does, you know, I don't want to say it's, you know, reaping what I've sown. It's just um, letting it be known to me that what I'm doing, you know, is having an effect. So, Mm. I mean, I say that I, I love people pretty often because I do. You know, but here, yeah, hearing that from other people, it definitely, you know, resonates um, on a level that I don't think some people would understand. Now, for me, uh, it like it it does. I, w- I would definitely say that it does give me a good feeling. And then also to what I what I'm just now realizing is that I tell people that I love them a lot, like a bunch of my friends and everything like that. If you've known me on this campus for like three, four years now, whatever, most of the people that I'm really cool with or whatever, they call me Uncle Leary. And <laughs> I I always I always tell them, I always tell them that, hey, I love you. And it's just, even if it's like it come up in casual conversation or whatever, hey, I just want y'all to know I love y'all, but y'all got to get up out of here and stuff like, stuff like, <laughs> it, it be stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, I need if don't nobody tell you this or anything like that. I just need you to know that somebody loves you. Basically, at the end of the day, because I ain't get a, I don't know, I ain't get a lot of that yeah. from my family and stuff like that yeah. or whatever. If if anybody's listening and needs to hear this, I love you. Yes, definitely, I love, I love you. you. <laughs> so that leads me to my next question. Um, with all of the experience you have now, and with everything you know now. What would you go back to your younger self and tell them about vulnerability and just what they all experienced growing up? Man, I would say you're going through hell right now. You know, it sucks, but it gets better. And I know you don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to have to be told to wait, but it is 100%. You're working through it. You're doing the right stuff. And you're going to be a better person for it, you know, even though you're being alienated as a kid, you know, not having a lot of friends, it's, you know, you're going to become a better person and you are going to find your people. You know, it's just a matter of, and this is something that my mother told me, if you want to find people with certain, you know, um, what's the word attributes and, you know, living a certain way, you have to cultivate that within yourself first Mm. so if you want to find people who you want to be like you have to be that person right and that's you know I was already told that as a kid so I guess I would go back and say it again but I I would say I'm doing pretty well right now which you are I'm very proud of y'all both (laughs) y'all y'all that's amazing me I'm good I appreciate it uh what I would go back and tell myself is that uh Damn, that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is super hard. I would, I, w- I would just say, uh, learn how, learn how to express yourself to at least one person, cause, like, I don't know, I'm always somebody that people love to go to, to, like, talk about their their feelings, their issues, or anything like that. Like, don't get me wrong. I have no, I have no problem with that, but at the same time, do I don't, to? I don't, I yeah. don't talk to nobody. And it's crazy because, like I said earlier, basically the only person that I would talk to is my auntie, just about any and everything or whatever. Yeah. But because of like life, of course, I I don't want to burden her with too much of my personal issues because I know yeah. how she's gonna feel about it. So it's more mm-hmm. so. And also us as men, I think we have a fear of oversharing and burdening other people with our own problems. We think that, you know, our stuff is too much for other people to bear, you know, so we bear it all on ourselves. Even just the slightest inconvenience, it would be so much worse. uh, The feelings of guilt that we uh, showed these people how we're feeling and have them feel bad than to us just work through it and feel awful all the time. So you feel like you self-sabotage yourselves? Like, do is that a self-sabotage moment, or is that a fear of the unknown? Mm, I, I would probably go with the fear of the unknown. 
Man, I don't, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to think of that stuff now. I mean, I th- I think it'd be easier to think about it in hindsight, looking back about like why I didn't share this with this person. But if you know, if I share stuff with you, you know, it's pretty you know serious and it's bothering me because as much as I would like to say that I'm pretty open about helping, you know, helping myself and telling other people how I feel, I'm not. I, you know, I still work through it. You know, I still, you know, take, you know, 30 minute showers and stand at the wall and forget that I'm supposed to be, you know, showering, you know, but no, no doubt. so how do you cope with those days? Like when you are starting to feel that sensory overload, like when you started to be overwhelmed and you start to drown, what do you do? Hmm. Music. Music, one hundred percent. I'm listening to music all throughout the day, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Already. I mean, I, I love music. I'm anytime I'm playing music all the time in my dorm. You know, I'm listening to music all the time. I love playing music. I love singing music. You know, but <clears throat> once I get in those dark places, I I start writing music, mm. which is you know dangerous, I guess. Why? I mean, you know, some you know, it's writing it out on paper. You know, sometimes I have to like crumple it up or burn it, or that's you know. a way of release. Yeah. That, Did y'all know that? Like, I, <laughs> it's crazy because yeah, like, it's so crazy. My best friend, whenever she was going through something, right, I told her, I'm like, get you a journal, write down how mm-hmm. you feel and everything like that. And she told me, like, she did it. She did it. She enjoyed it and everything like that. But for me. I don't do any it. I don't take my own advice or anything like that. Oh, and yeah. the biggest thing mm-hmm. that I do. Are you afraid to see how you think? Or, like, are you afraid to just get that out? I'm afraid to sit down and actually Process. think about what uh, yeah. what is going on. So I keep mm-hmm. myself busy. I really yeah. do. I'm either sleeping or... I'm doing something that I need to get done for. Which we see, your schedule. Mm-hmm. Yes, my yeah, schedule is ridiculous. But, and, like, yeah. I don't I don't sit down, I don't write out, or I don't. I try not to think about what my issues is. Mm-hmm. But why? That'll lead me yeah. to my next question. I mean, like, is that, like, you know, that'll lead me to asking y'all, yeah, is I, it, like, toxic masculinity? Is it the fact that you never had that safe spot? So when you get into those moods, you just feel like, it's time to bury it, or is it a running mechanism? How does that go? Well, I mean, uh, I I had some safe places as a kid to work through that kind of stuff, but even if I'm doing that, you know, on my own and I have to sit and fester and stew in it, you know, it's I just don't have faith in myself that I think I have the ability and the tools within myself to really understand how to deal with it you know it's to sit i understand the problem i just don't know how to fix it and how to go about doing it you know and that's the point where i'm like who am i going to burden with this to help me work through this i'm gonna keep it a book uh i'm I'm not even gonna fret it i feel like I personally believe that there is something that I'm running away from. I can't recognize that on my own, though. So one thing I have been doing recently is I have been going over to counseling services uh, probably like two weeks now. Everybody check it out. On me. Definitely need to. Yeah. Um, go, go to therapy. Go to please. therapy. Go to therapy. If you, if you can catch it early, go to therapy for it. Definitely. Like, honestly. And mm-hmm. it's. And on uh, um, side, side side thing real quick though, it is free. You don't like if you on your camp, yeah. if you on campus and you already paying for your tuition, you can go and hit up over there, brother. Yeah, and yes, they Strictly do have black therapists. But yeah, uh, for me, like I said though, I personally think that I'm running from something. I have no idea what it is, but that that is like a reason I have been going to counseling though, because. I realized that it's been some it's something going on with like my way of thinking recently and it was just I luckily I did catch it early, but talking like just being able to talk about it to at least somebody is is different. It hit different and make me think a lot, especially throughout the week. So 
don't know. Like I like I said, I do think I'm running from something. Don't know what the heck it is. Yeah. But. So with you guys, what I notice is it's easier for you guys to talk to women more than it is for men. <laughs> and I I really want to know because you know. Well, I'm gonna be a, honest right now. My heart is pounding out of my chest right now. Like I'm. Tapping my foot, it's pounded super hard. But that's, you know, I think these are the kinds of conversations that... That need to be had. That, but I should have asked yeah. you how comfortable you was before yeah. I got that deep. I oh. mean, honestly, we were out talking... Uh, to preface this, we were... This is sort of a whim thing. We were out mm-hmm. having a meeting, and we came <laughs> in and started talking about this. Right. Post-meeting, we was just in there chilling, and then, you know... Just chilling. Just having regular conversation. But I'm very proud of you both. This was a huge step for both of y'all. Like, for me, I'm so surprised that y'all even came in here and sat down. It was yeah. that vocal because it's a lot of young men that probably could look up to y'all. Like, this will probably be turning over a new leaf for them. Because mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of men on campus that don't want to talk about this. Like, it's it's a drowning thing, but it's it's something that we need to address while we can because they could learn from that. Like, mm-hmm. if anybody has a problem, I'd rather listen to your problem than see you hanging somewhere. No doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll mess me up. And, and God forbid, you know, something happened and you know that you could have prevented you know, consoled it. in that person. And that's know. why it's, like, huge for me to advocate for the mental health of mm-hmm. both women and men. So... Hearing this makes me want to ask myself, how could I be of more help to y'all? Because everybody needs somebody, and you don't have to be you don't have to be like closed off, and you don't have to be in your own head all the time. Because I was there, I was there all the time, and mm-hmm. it's not safe to be there. Yeah. Because once you start to sit there for a long time, you start to lose sight of what's around you. Everything becomes black and white. And I was bullied, too. Mm-hmm. So I identify with a lot of things y'all both said. And as this podcast is closing, the last question I would want to ask y'all is, do you guys feel better that now that y'all was able to address this? Or, like, if you, with everything you know now, with your college experience, what is something you would go back and tell your high school you before, like, the you that came to college just just stick it out it is hell you hate every second of it you don't have your people people suck (laughs) but just ride it out you're finding you're finding your people you've already found some of your people but you know realize who is you know genuinely there with you and who's just there as a facade you know just because you're, you know, friends at school and just who pretend to be your friends aren't really, you know, when you're away, they don't come up and check on you, you know. I got one more question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, no. How did y'all build y'all relationships within y'all selves as men? What is, what is some things y'all did to get that relationship within y'all selves? I started to feel things. You know, for the first time, you know, not, you know, if I'm angry, I'm, I'm pissed, you know, I'm angry and it's okay for me to be angry, but let, like, let's work through it. You know, I'm sad. Say I'm sad. You know, the first step to solving a problem is recognizing the problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that you know, a good one. and you got to in order for you to work through those emotions, you have to recognize those emotions in the first place. No doubt. And that was, you know, one of the hardest things to do, you know, am I angry? Am I sad? You know, why am I feeling this way? Can wait. I just have to feel my feelings first. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I would definitely say uh, the biggest thing that I've always, I've always like seen myself doing was doing the opposite of what what my daddy did or like the males that I've seen growing up do the opposite of what they've done. So for me, none of them, really none of them made it to college out of high school and then on top of that played play a sport. And <laughs> uh, my daddy was a basketball player up in high school. He stopped his sophomore year. 
And for me, I was a football player. I kept on going after my sophomore year. And on top of that, I was doing other sports. But I I tried to tell myself, you got to be, you got to do something different. Don't go through the same things that they went through. So even even that like applies to me still today to this day, which is one of the reasons I did go over to counseling uh, services, just because of the fact it's like whole time I did he probably depressed. I ain't even gonna. I'm gonna just put it out there. Like depression is definitely real, and I've probably been surrounded by it a whole lot throughout my life. But the thing is, I don't know because nobody knows how to identify it. Nobody knows how to talk about it or anything like that. So I was just like, I need to. I need to get. I need to get some type of help. I need to catch this before it even like turns into depression. If that's something that's actually happening, because once again, I don't know how to identify it. I don't know, like, I know there are symptoms of it, but it's like, as as a person yourself, like, going through it, I don't think you can actually, you can actually identify it and stuff like that. And especially not when you didn't, like, when nobody even talked about depression growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's difficult. So, guys, we meet, we met our 31-minute mark, our 30-minute mark. We passed it <laughs> by a minute. Yeah. But I do appreciate you both for coming in and talking about this with me. I really do feel inspired. And y'all really did help me see a lot of things within the men that we, as women, don't really acknowledge. Because some women be like, he'll get over it. It's just a fit. (laughs) Or like, he just need a nap. (laughs) And a lot of women don't realize that that's pushing him more into a deeper depression or that's just not being of use like Mm -hmm. you being useless so a lot of things that i'm seeing within y'all is teaching me how to be a better advocate like how to help other men like when i finally do start to deal with a man more like i is teaching me how to just listen to him and be of source because not every man have a space, safe spot. Like, can't nobody really say what's going on in y'all mind unless y'all tell them. A lot of men don't speak. So silence is one of the loudest cry ever that I know with men. Mm-hmm. Big facts. And yeah. that silence can also be covered up by doing different things, too. Yeah. yeah. And then even, like, once again, sometimes some people just don't know how to express themselves. Like I said, yeah. I'm one of those. So, like, with sports, because y'all both do play sports, and I want to end this, but this, this conversation <laughs> hey, is good. Hey, hey, hey. Nah, it's, I get it's, it. yeah. it's good, but it's like, so with y'all sports, do y'all feel like y'all playing sports out of y'all, like, what y'all want to do? Or is y'all doing it just so y'all don't have to feel what y'all doing, like, going um, through? I find the exact opposite. I love, you know, wrestling. You know, I love <clears> – <throat> Excuse me, that uh, that fa- <laughs> at, uh, that dynamic, especially that we have now, we're like a super big family. Like we tell each other, we love each other, and we're there. You know, even in the hardest times when you feel like quitting and you're dogging it, your uh, your teammates are there to you know pick you up. And I think we do have a dynamic to where we can openly, you know, advocate for what we're feeling. You know, I think that they all have that sort of, you know, understanding that, you know, if one of your brothers is, you know, down, like actually, you know, hurt, you, they're there, you know, we're yeah. in it together. Football is way different, I think. So, I mean, I think football is the same, but at the same time, it could be different depending on the person. So, for me, I love doing what I do. I love playing football, honestly. When I first found it up in eighth, well, seventh grade, when I first found football, it was like, damn, like, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> and uh, it helped me through a lot, I would definitely say. So I love, I definitely love doing what I do uh, with football. But at the same time, I also have to be honest that that can be one of your biggest issues to mental health as well. Yeah, because so all that compact. It, it's, it's, it can be your strong, your strongest thing, the thing that keeps you up the most, but it can also be the thing that tears you down the most as well. Because mm-hmm. you got to think about it. Mm. In any, I feel like in any sport, anybody can really like get injured. Yeah. An injury can really set somebody back, and it has a huge impact on their mental health. Because first off, 
if you do get past your injury, like you making it back to to the court, the field, or the mat, anything that you're doing, now you got you got a mental war going on with yourself. Like, am I at a hundred percent? Can mm-hmm. I even do mm-hmm. what I was able to do? Like before this injury, so it's always gonna be like a second guessing yourself too, when it comes to that. So and, do you? Oh, my bad. Go ahead. So I, I was gonna say too. On top of that, sometimes you can psych yourself out, but other times too, it can be like because of an injury, you are you were set back. Somebody may be ending up losing playing time now because of that injury and stuff like that because of those setbacks, and that's something else that can definitely like put people into. Having mental issues, mental health issues, and stuff like that. So it's a, it can be your strong your strongest motivation, but it can also bring you down the most too. So do y'all look for brother brotherhood sometimes in y'all sports? I th- I think in wrestling it's it's insinuated. You know, you're there, you're you know you're busting your ass every single day with your you know your brothers, and you know you even though. You know, you feel like death. You're still, you know, picking up your teammates and helping them up and dapping them up and giving them knuckles and high fives. And, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what we just went through. We went through it together. Uh, For me, I think it's different with the football team. Or at least it's different for me here at with the McKendree football team. Could be. Um, and I, I say that because I only play football at McKendree. So yeah. I can't really have, talk about – another school, like a bigger school or a smaller school or something like that. But uh, for me, I don't. Uh, football-wise, everybody has we, – we have our own cliques on a football team. I mean, it's, hundred. It's what, 120 of us on on the damn team. Like, really. we Everybody got their own cliques and everything like that. Now, I would say that Defensive-wise, if you have a defensive player coming here talking about the same thing, they might talk about it like the opposite. They probably do look for that brotherhood because they, they have that camaraderie on their side of the ball. But for me, on the like, offensive side, I don't. I, I find um, something like that probably more brotherhood with, like, my frat bros, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know nothing about football. I ain't going to be lying to you. <laughs> I'm just well, listening I mean, to you talk I about mean, it. I haven't <clears> – I played um, – I played football my freshman year in high school, but I was like 5'1 and didn't get any playing time. <laughs> um, but I can totally understand how that, you know, would work, especially on um, offense. You know, you have quarterbacks and you have the wide receivers and you have the running backs. You got the big guys like Larry up mm-hmm. front in the trenches. But on the – I would say on the defensive side, they're all working towards the same thing. Stop the ball, right? Yeah. Big facts. Yeah, I, I, but, I think that's, yeah, yeah, but on like the offense, uh, it's it's more so divvied up the workload, right? Like the big guys up front are supposed to block. You know, the quarterback is supposed to make decisions. So this leads me to toxic masculinity, because you said y'all got clicks. So have you ever been that friend that was like, bro, that ain't cool at a party? Like when your dude, like, have you ever seen something go down at a party and be like, "Hey, yo, that ain't cool," no and doubt. had Without to intervene? Doubt. Without a doubt, yes. So if I if I if I see something suspect, like, like really, I'm calling it out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't like even if we on a different in a different clique or whatever. I'm yeah. I'm calling that out because don't be stupid, bro. Yeah. That, that shit. Don't be stupid. Unacceptable. Come like, come on. Like, you know, right from wrong. What you're doing is wrong. Accept it. You know, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it. You know, just understand what you were doing is wrong. Just don't do it. Because if I'm not going to call you out, Big Larry over here is going to come kick your ass for it. Best believe. And then I'm like, I've heard, yeah. I've heard some things about probably like a few people or whatever that no longer plays or anything like that. But I've heard stuff about it like two years after what happened. And I was like, I wasn't expecting it from this person, but I'm like, what the hell? If I would have seen that shit, I would I would have definitely had to like grab him by the throat or something. Cause bro, no, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. That's no. Mm-mm. So do y'all feel like a lot of men <coughs> cultivate that? Like, oh, that's cool. Cause she, you know, cause we come from Chicago and you come from a rural place. So when some stuff happen, it's like the response to it be different. So when you see something like that, how do you? 
tell your friend like how how do y'all act with stuff like that because some people cultivated a lot of friends a lot of guys that have friends that's like that and they wouldn't say nothing and how would y'all be like how would y'all respond to that i think me well coming like you say coming from rural area is different because your friend choices are slim pickings you know you are who you were born you know in the same town the same street so even if you know it's still unacceptable for people to do what they do sometimes, but it's a lot harder for um, people to call each other out on it, which I have felt the uh, the aftermath of that. And, you know, you just get alienated because nobody, you know, your friends are also these guys' friends are also these guys' friends. And if you call one guy out, you're practically calling out a lot of other people and they just kind of, you know, block yourself off and, you know, don't really care because, you know, it's, you know, what are you going to do? You're just one person. Like, I got my buddies back here behind me and, like, nobody else especially kind of wants to call each other out because they're scared of that alienation. So do y'all feel like drugs and alcohol here (laughs) is a use? to escape like do y'all feel like some men use it to escape that reality of what they are becoming or like what they are fearing like when they running when they using drugs and alcohol like what do you feel like is the purpose of that like some guys like with depression and everything why do drugs and alcohol become a crunch hmm I mean I was never a really big I I I am not, you know, a really big user of drugs and alcohol if mm. if at all, really. But I know that some people, I mean, it's college. College is super stressful. You know, you're in a new place, you're with strangers who you've never met before, who you're living with. You know, you're taking these classes, you got to worry about, you know, student loan and debt, and if you're on a and if you're on a sports team, you got to worry about sports. And, you know, your teachers and you're in this new social, in this new social environment and, you know, weed calms you down, bro. Like you got so much <laughs> stuff going on. It, you know, it's just that little thing, you know, get you through. Right. I don't think it's anything on purpose, like trying to run away from it. <clears throat> it's just the acknowledging of everything that's going on. Yeah. I feel that completely. Uh, so... I say I do feel like people do run away from uh, use that to run away from stuff. And the reason I feel that that is true because it's so much of uh, it's socially accepted, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. So you can kick it just about anywhere, grabbing a drink, smoking <laughs> weed, or whatever it is. Yeah, like you right. can kick it anywhere. Yeah, you're right. You wouldn't even know the person, the person that's really next to you that's smoking out everybody that seemed cool, that person really going through something the most. Yeah. That's why they're able to go ahead and smoke it, smoke out that that entire yeah. circle or whatever. Or drink this much all in one night and we just seeing and just kicking it like it's all cool, but the whole time that person could be going through something. You Which is which is something that we I I personally could probably do a little bit better, you know, if somebody's really, you know, Hit it hard. I could, you know, go ask, "Are you like okay?" Honestly, me too. I could too. And I mean, I think the best person to open up to is a complete stranger, right? Because you know, at the bar, yeah, they don't know anybody. They don't know they, nothing about they don't you. Know nothing about you. They're not gonna judge you as much. Yeah, one hundred percent. And, and then like, at the end of the day, you're probably not even gonna see them again. Probably yeah. until next weekend or something like that. If <laughs> yeah, they really. come back, yeah, really. <laughs> but like. Even though I'm still, you know, even when I'm just out socially, you know, whenever I ask people in passing, like, hey, how are you doing? Or like, what's up? You know, I and if I'm sitting with them at lunch, I, you know, make a conscious effort to ask, like, how are you really doing? You know, like, how are you handling, you know, your your stuff? You know, you know, how are you feeling? Are you in a funk still? You know, how are classes going? You know, so how do y'all notice when y'all friends? Uh, getting into depressive states like what is the signs 
how well do you know your your bro? Like that's the real question. How well do you know your bro? And how well do you know how to help your bro? I don't. Yeah. I don't I, mean, I don't know how to help him. I don't know how to identify anything like that. And that's I, I'm gonna say that's on me. That's kinda sad, but at the same time, I never experienced it. I don't I don't know how to see it in myself. So how would I be able to see it in somebody else? Yeah. I mean I I I have kind of taken pride in the fact that I can I'm that friend who anybody can come to. But so, who you know, do you go to? Is the question. <laughs> we keep coming back yeah. to this question. We keep coming yeah. back to this because that's a good question. We're just chasing our tail. Yo, y'all are right? so vocal with helping everybody else. But I yeah. who, who's um, helping the man in the mirror? Yeah, when even when I was like a kid going through all that stuff, I was still like even, you know, some of the stuff that I got flack for and I was bullied for was, like, respecting my elders, you know, in school, you know, being nice to my teachers, you know, ask my, asking anybody if they need any help. So policing of you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, just being kind and being super nice is not something mm. that, you know, is seen in kids, you know. Like, I would sometimes confide in, you know, hanging out with, you know, my teachers as opposed to, as opposed to, you know, kids my age and like, um, you know, when they're like, who do, who do I go to? I, you know, it's hard to explain that I was never able really to find somebody to go to, to, you know, work through that stuff. So I really wanted to be that person to where anybody could go to. So because I didn't have that, I wanted to be that guy to everybody, even, you know, if they don't know me, to be that guy that they could go to at any given point because I didn't have that as a kid. <laughs> so do you feel like, <laughs> go ahead, Larry, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like. Just being that kid, you know, the cool kid that can hang with the adults, you know, because that's what that that's what that is. You can hang with the adults. Yeah, was I more was a, I was a super cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you felt like you was a dork, I was one of those kids too. But it's like you know, it's still that question of who do you go to? Like, how did you get through those moments alone? Like, you can have your mom and your your auntie and. Your grandma, you can have those people around you, but when that music is off and you in that room by yourself, how do you talk to yourself? Are you kind to yourself? How do you uplift yourself and get ready for the next day? Man, if if I'm honest, I don't, you know, and it's, that is like the worst thing. That's like the w absolute worst thing to do, but it's like, it's, you know. I got stuff I got to do, you know, it's, you know, I got to, yeah. I have to do it. You know, I don't have time for this right now. And you. it's crazy because I think <laughs> I'm the same way. And that's why I'm laughing. Like if I, if I see I'm starting to actually like think about whatever the issue is, mm -hmm. I just go ahead turn on a hey, Alexa, play, <laughs> play some Pandora or something. Like, nah, for real. It, it, yeah. Hey Siri, play "Sad Boy Hours" on Spotify. Something I can't, I can't, I cannot, because so, I have too much. I have too much stuff to do. That's running. Did y'all know that? That's that is like toxic to y'all selves. Why y'all? How y'all? How y'all go from? Oh yeah, you uplift yourself. You you know how to do that. But then y'all turn around and treat y'all selves like, just get over it, bro. You got it, bro. <laughs> It's a new you know, day, bro. I think I think it's that societal pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. it you doesn't can't escape it. Yeah, it doesn't matter how down you are. You got to get up and go to work tomorrow. No matter. You got to. So do you even feel if like you're you feeling were... ten shades of death and you don't want to get out of bed, you got to go to work <laughs> and you got to you know fulfill that role that you've been assigned. So when is it too bad? Like, do y'all ever treat yourselves to a sick day? Like, when you when your mental health is bad, do y'all ever give yourself the sick day? Yeah, I mean, I try not. I try not to let it get to that point where I have to take a whole day off. 
but you know sometimes you're terrible yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's Somet- a, it, sometimes it's good on a saturday to just sit and just watch some i don't know college football or just sit and not do a damn thing I see what all you day did, i'm mad that you just asked that question because <laughs> just last week i was telling somebody like hey you got all this going on. I, I hear you and everything like that. But you need to plan a day out for yourself in two weeks or whatever. Just plan a day out for yourself to just sit home. Just just do nothing. Take a day out. Like, stay at home or whatever. She's, but guess what? She, she knows too much, Larry. <laughs> Way too she much. She knows too much, dude. I'm starting to think you my FBI agent. Like, you listening on my phone yeah, and everything. No. So you just going to say that in the end. Well, and, well, well, <laughs> well, oh, man. I'm just going to put my shoes on. <laughs> it's something else I got to do. Yeah, what, you got to put one step in front of the other. I think that, I think that that's for me, terrible. that goes back to the whole, that's probably why I keep myself busy. Like, I literally, last, uh, last year I was an RA on campus. Ew. I told myself, I'm like, all right, for my senior year, I'm not going to be an RA because I want to be able to, like, have more downtime to myself and stuff like that. But, Come around. I drop one thing, pick up two more. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just couldn't say no. Yeah. So, with that being said, what is something y'all want to tell y'all since we in here? What is the last thing y'all want to tell y'all how to, because I'm going to tell y'all, take a sick day. Take yeah. one day, any day, and just treat yourself. Hey, I got class. Okay. <laughs> it's, you're a college nah, student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Larry. <laughs> I love Zane. you. I love you, bro. I love, I love you, you. Too, sir. I love if you. if you need anything, you can come to me. We'll sit. We'll listen to some music. No doubt. Drink but. some coffee. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll See? drink some coffee. You know. Tell me what's wow. going on. That's so important. You know, even if I might not be able to help you, you know, I'm. I'll still be there, and I think that's something that you know I think anybody can do. Just mm-hmm. make yourself available. Um. I think, uh, like, what I would tell myself, really, is I can tell myself this as much as I want to, but I don't know if I will be able to do it. And that definitely is to go ahead and just take a safe day. Don't do no homework. Don't don't go out running errands or anything like that. Somebody asks you to do something for them, just say no. But boundaries. Yeah, no is so, so powerful. Yeah, so y'all oh, have yeah. a sh- oh, we have fifty two minutes. Well, all right, but, <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank y'all for coming. Oh man, we'll see y'all next time. Bye.